It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, so we guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Sharing our experience on. Don't quit before the miracle happens. And this episode 76 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Woohoo! Yeah, that's like, don't that steal my woohoo. <laughs> James, that sounded more beefy than you do in the intro. Oh, yes. It's exciting. Yeah. We, we teased that we were going to be talking about this. Before we jump in, how about we look at the last seven days, see how everybody's doing. Uh, Dennis, James, who wants to go first? Rock, paper, scissors. I got rock. Oh, sorry. I got paper. Aww. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, that seems sorry. like it, go, it, it was happened. Um, I'm doing all right. Things seem to be getting better, taking it like an hour at a time right now rather than a minute at a time so yeah minecraft and disney movies still and been going and setting up the morning meeting and then doing the zoom meetings and that's about it that's about my week so you're gonna say hi to two different people what do you mean one person on zoom and one person in the morning only one person each. Is there? A, is it? Yeah, yeah. Who do you say hi to? James usually says hi to me when I log on to Zoom. So that's the one person on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, wow. and then usually Jay or Richard are like the first ones that show up, so I say hi to them. Yeah, that, that was my highs for the day. Well, it's better nice. than old ways of getting high. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. No. That's, I that was a bad joke. From Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that that is... was a Mike quality joke right hey, there. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for saying I get crappy jokes. I do like uh, that. They were they're I didn't say they were bad or good. They're they're Mike quality. Yeah. They're they're their own special category of jokes. It's like super dad jokes. Yeah. Super dad. That was a hero, but you're you're feeling better overall than you were the last couple. Um, yeah, I mean it's relative, but yeah, I mean besides the, like, you know, my fractured bone and the nails I had to get in my forearm because of my fall last week. Yeah, right. Y'all remember that? <laughs> yes, you. Didn't yeah. Fractured bones. <laughs> no, no, but figuratively speaking, that ego definitely took a hit. <laughs> you did look ridiculous falling. <laughs> oh, I I felt ridiculous. There was there was it hurt. Luckily, it didn't like it bruised a little bit. Okay, they said, "Is Dennis okay?" That sounded really bad. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Other than that, like 
relatively, it seemed like I'm getting better, you know? So who, who knows? I don't know. Tell I'm going to seek, per- be quiet. I'm going to still seek professional help and get their opinion on it. Good. But anyways, James, how was your week? Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I worked, um, working is nice. I went to uh, Disney Springs yesterday for marriage Monday with the wife. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Uh, walked around. Um, did you, go, did you go back to Gideon's? We did not. No. Cause we decided it was one of those things where you try it once and never again. One and done. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a two hour wait for a cookie. Two hour yeah. wait. They're, they're, the cookies are delicious. They're very rich. Uh, you know, it's like $5 a cookie, but I'm sure the <laughs> things are just horrible for your body. I thought I thought you meant rich in flavor. Oh yeah, I did. I did. That's what I. I, I was thinking Scrooge McDuck rich. <laughs> they're both. They're both. What I meant, guys. You're both right. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so so instead of uh, doing that, you walked around Disney Springs. You went where? Where'd uh, you go did, this time? We did go to the pizza place again. We got the the non keto crust. Sweet. And we thought it was okay, but the, it was just a little chewy. At what pizza place? Blaze. Blaze. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, they make the pizzas. It's basically fast food for pizza. So I mean, you get what you pay for. Like, well, isn't pizza fast food anyways? Yeah, it sure is. You know, that <laughs> sure is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, but we had a good time. And then at the uh, when we were driving home, um, the wife was driving, and she took a wrong turn out of the parking garage and she was like she casually mentioned oh siri would be nice right now and then i kept going and then i was like oh just go up here and then you can turn around and she's like no you can't make a u-turn there and she's like boy i wish siri was here and then finally she went into a different parking garage and she started go- going up in the parking garage and i was like what are you doing i was like siri how do we get home and by the time siri came on we, she came down into the garage and she came to the spot where I told her to go from the beginning. She's like, oh, you can make a U-turn here. And we just, we both laughed hard because neither one of us, after all of that, got mad at each other. Like in the past, we would all, we would just get on each other's nerves continuously when it came to like driving and directions and like, what are you doing? Because I don't know if you've ever driven around Disney, it is a nightmare sometimes if you don't follow the right signs. Note to self, always follow the signs and you'll be fine. But um, it was a good, it just showed us how far we've we've grown in the past three years. You know, we can laugh at each other and, um, and really take things easy. I don't know. I thought that nice. was a good, a good way to, to end the night. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a solid time and no frustrations outside of, uh, you know, kind of growing from what would have been in the past, you know, being frustrated with each other. Man, what a relationship. Would you call that a miracle? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You went to the Lego store, too. I did. I got um, my son... A little present because his birthday is next month, and I got myself a present because my birthday is next month. Nice. 
Way to be. And and by the way, James, I also got you a present. You want to know what I got you? Food coloring. Kind of. I made sure that I got movers this time. So when I move abruptly this weekend, you will uh-huh. be nowhere to be found. Oh, boy. Oh, wait. So you're moving this weekend. Why, why is that? Okay. Tell us that story. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys for uh, – I, t- I text you – uh, what was happening because last week at this time it was pretty much I was abruptly told uh, by my landlord who's also my uh, co-worker's wife that uh, my time has come to move out because the next door neighbors uh, didn't like that they I guess had somebody living there uh, <laughs> and you know you, whether you yeah, yeah. Whether it's true or not, and to be honest, I, I've stayed with with friends the majority of the time. Uh, I have not even been at home, so it, it hasn't been it hasn't been like anything anything crazy. And they just they no longer wanted me living there, even though it was a year that I was supposed to be there, and it only had been five months. But I accepted that, and she offered to get me a place. And to be to be honest and transparent, um, it got nasty. And I was uh, told that, uh, you know, since I couldn't afford a better place, the only apartment they could recommend because she's a realtor was one that was in a really, really bad part of town and that I should reevaluate my adulting because I can't afford a safer, better place, which is definitely not true. Um, and I was, I was really hurt by it. Um, you know, I, I, I could never imagine being sober. Maybe if I was still actively using and self-centered saying that to somebody else, but I was just really hurt. And instead of firing back, um, I, found the best possible place for myself and my daughter and am going to be storing some stuff and and staying with uh, my girlfriend while I uh, honestly take it one day at a time. My belongings are going to be in a safe spot. Um, My daughter absolutely loves uh, her two boys and they play and it's a really positive environment. And that's what I need. Um, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And I, uh, I'm just grateful <laughs> for what I have today. But I also know that having the wherewithal that I'm not going to lean on my friends to help me move again after just five months asking. So I found the most cost effective movers and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be moving. So. Um, but it was a lot, you know, and, uh, it was a very emotional week. And I'm also grateful that my employer, when they found out that this was happening, the general manager and also my immediate boss both called me up on my cell phone to make sure that I was okay. Um, which is like, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I still have a tough time when people do things nice for me being like, you know, I don't think I deserve it, you know, like I don't deserve this. 
But I also know that in the past, I used to think that I did deserve people treating me like garbage. And I know today that I'm worth a heck of a lot more. So I guess it's growth, you know, but I still have a little bit of anytime somebody does something very nice and takes time out of their day to make sure that I'm okay and that I'm safe, that uh, I'm like, you know, that's, I, I don't take it for granted, I guess is what I'm saying. What did your sponsor say? About the whole ordeal. Uh, that it's the best possible option. Um, yeah. You know, he, he made recommendations as far as, um, you know, maybe different parts of town and everything else. And I said, well, I'm not moving all my belongings into a new house. I have a storage unit. And he said, that's smart. So everything I have is going to be safe. It's going to be in a air conditioned unit um, and easily accessible. You know, it's it's the most cost effective, best option um, at this time. And I think anytime a curveball gets thrown my way, I really do break it down to one day at a time, you know. So I don't say, oh, this is forever where I'm going to be. And yet at the exact same time, I say, you know what, if today's good, then tomorrow I, I'm going to plan that it's just going to be just as, as good. You know, and, uh, you know, my life is still second to none, even though there are hiccups and little things. And I'm trying not to let resentment take over. I thought it was ironic that supposedly the neighbor, I'm not even lying. The neighbor that I was told is the reason why I'm getting kicked out. Uh, I loaded up my car with belongings earlier today to start the move. And that neighbor came over and asked me if I wanted to borrow his truck to make the move easier. He doesn't even know me. And he offered his truck to a stranger to move wherever I was moving. He said, it doesn't even matter wherever you're going. You know, do you need this? And the old me would be furious and say, they're liars. And it's just not a good place to be. So I'm glad that I'm, I'm going to be moving out of there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't I don't know what you do with that, you know. Um I think you accept it, give it to God and look at it as a blessing yeah. or a miracle, you yep. know. I think like 6 months from now, you're going to be glad you're where you're at and not still where mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that, but well, thank you guys for for moving me into the space and also for Alexa stop What's that? Alexa, stop. <laughs> My alarm was good. Stop it, Alexa. You, you got an afternoon alarm going off. Um, well, it's three. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's three o'clock. Yeah, we started recording a little earlier behind the scenes because we wanted to jump in and talk about this. Um, so last week, we talked about how uh, Dennis, he selected a sl- – what was last week's? Last week's was We Are Not a Glum Lot. And James, you selected this slogan for the intro. Why did you select that? Um, Well, for me, you know, I came around early in my 20s and I I heard it a lot. Don't quit before the miracle happened. And, you know, I was like, what miracle? I mean, I just can't stop drinking. I didn't know what people were talking about. 
And then as I stayed in the program a little longer, they're like, oh, you'll have a, a spiritual awakening. And I was like, I want a spiritual awakening. And I didn't know how to get it. And I, I sometimes I would have like a good day and I was like, I wonder if I'm spiritually awoke. I, I literally would walk up to a ladybug on a leaf and be like, oh, that's beautiful. And I was like, and I would think that was my spiritual awakening. I'm serious. I was just so ignorant of what it meant and how to get it. And, you know, the, and I, I just went back out after a while and I just kept drinking and just being stupid, really. Um, and then, you know, a miracle happened in my life when I was, um, geez, it was 2017 before I came into the room. And um, I, I've shared this on my, in my story that, um, you know, I felt presence and I felt um, God in the room with me and and but at the same time it was this 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 cooling presence that where i felt everything was going to be okay mm. and i i didn't feel alone anymore but there was a lot of work that i had to do and um t- for me the miracle was just coming to believe believing that there was a higher power out there that that can help me because nothing on earth and nothing of my own willpower was going to help me to stay sober and to change everything about me in order to live a life that was second to none, as you would say, a life that was integral, that I could be proud of, that my children could be proud of, where I could be a good dad. Um, until I believed in my heart that there was a higher power and, and that higher power could save me, you know, I was doomed. I was doomed to walk on this earth. I was doomed to keep drinking and keep drugging. And um, for me, that miracle happened uh, in a dank, dark hotel room where I wasn't looking for any help at all. I was just drinking myself into a stupor. And... Um, you know, God found it in his heart to save me. And and once I believed, once I truly in my heart knew that there was this force out there that could help me, that, that was the miracle. I believe that was the miracle that I needed. And um, it's it's been all uphill from here. And it's been coasting. It's been it's been quite a ride. You know, when you were sharing um, about being kicked out, the same thing happened to me and um, my she was my girlfriend back then. We um, we were working for this company and uh, we were living in an Airbnb because we had been evicted from an apartment. And then the president of the company said, oh, you can stay in our in, in my condo. And so we went there and, and it was beautiful. We were staying in there for we were probably there six or seven mm-hmm. months. And and we were paying him the rent, and then he was paying gotcha. the rent. Little did we know he had a gambling problem. So when we were paying the rent to him, he was not paying the rent to the actual uh-huh. company. So we got an eviction notice, and we had to leave like five days before Christmas. Wow. And um, that's when we moved to the motel. 
It was a Super 8 motel. And it coincidentally, that was the hotel where I had the spiritual experience. And from there, we went to AA, and then we moved up to Celebration, and the, the rest is history. But, you know, everything that you've been going through, Mike, I I can relate completely, 100%. And keep in mind, you know, it was me and her. Uh, we had a dog and two cats, too. And I had my mm. boys you know, every other weekend. So when my boys were coming to visit me, they were coming to visit me at a Super 8 motel. And it was infested with just all sorts of riffraff and un people that you did not want your kids to be around. If yeah. You know what I mean, so, you know, I've been through a lot, but the miracle has happened. And I do believe without a shadow of a doubt, it's a good feeling. All right. I rambled long enough. Thank God. That's <laughs> a miracle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Dennis, you're very rude. You want to go next? <laughs> I know. I'm. I apologize. No, I'm sorry, James. He's, he's just off the old block. <laughs> Go, Dennis. Go, <laughs> Go Dennis. Uh, I actually have. To, I thought this was James's episode. Doesn't oh he have gosh. to talk the whole time? <laughs> All right. I'll say something. I don't know. I. I, I don't know. When I hear that phrase, when I hear that phrase, I think of like um. You know, early on in sobriety, we're like, we have that obsession of the mind. So we're like constantly thinking about it. But for me, I'm like, I'm addicted to like instant gratification, right? So like, if I'm feeling a way, I can take a drink or a drug and change that feeling. Or if I, you know, want to be satisfied, I like it to happen instantly, not prolonged. So early on, it like, you know, we come in like so beat up and so warmed down and and basically all we're thinking about is like drinking and not drinking, drinking, not drinking, you know, and it takes time for like that obsession to be lifted. You know, it takes time for us to detox. It takes time for us to our habits to change and, you know, it takes work and stuff. So I think like early on you hear, a lot of newcomers that come in and be like, Oh, why am I just not getting this? Why is it not working? Why do I keep relapsing? Why? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, instead of writing off like the program or yourself of like, okay, I'm hopeless. This isn't going to work. This doesn't work. Everyone's lying. Everyone's faking it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, give it time, you know, don't quit until the miracle happens. Cause I think like, you know, like the book says, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, you know, sometimes people get it on their first try. Sometimes it takes people 10 years like James or, you know, multiple years, like a bunch of people we know. But eventually it does work if you give it time and you give do the work, you know, and, I, and I, I'm a firm believer that it does work if you work it. And like in the book says, it says like, um. You know, if, you know, uh, paraphrasing here, because I can't remember the phrasing of it, but like, you know, it, it works. Ah, never mind. I'm drawing a blank. I can't think right now. But along the lines of, is like, it works for everyone. And it works for everyone as long as you have the capability of being honest and you, and you actually like, 
do the work and give it time. And, and I think it's true. I mean, we've seen just even in this past year, like with mostly Zoom meetings and like how weird everything is. Like I was talking to someone the other day about Zoom meetings and how they don't really like them and stuff like that. But like the Zoom meeting that like James goes to every morning and like our home group Zoom meeting, um, like there's people on that meeting that I haven't seen in person in like over a year now. And there's like its own fellowship has like blossomed up under it. And there's people that like before 2020, like back in 2019 would be one of those newcomers that are constantly relapsing and it's not working for them and stuff like that. But somehow during this past year with everything going on, they were able to, have that realization or that spiritual awakening to where they're picking up a year chip and stuff. So it's like, you know, it, it makes me a believer that like the program does work and it might not work for you immediately, but eventually that miracle will happen. You know? Now I've rambled enough. It's time for me to start rambling. Mike, grateful alcoholic. You're uh, I, I might, I would say, um, when I first came in, I remember the last week of my drinking, uh, being so down on everything. And I hit really, um, let me see. So my sobriety date is September 8th, 2014. And September, um, let me see. September 1st, I got back from, it was right before Labor Day that year and i got back from a 11 day cruise that went to russia estonia sweden finland norway all these places uh also went to to paris france and and saw a lot of things um but i was drunk i was drunk the majority of the time um and if i wasn't drunk even worse and i'm sure you can relate to this to some extent. My mind was on the drink of how I was going to get it and how I didn't have much money, but I needed to find a way to sneak it onto the ship when we would get off at different places because I didn't want to pay the prices on the ship. And I only had so much money, so I had to do it. And it was challenging because all those countries also, a lot of them have completely different types of money. So I would try to like find ways to get my, my fix. And I had full intention on when I got back to at the time, Burlington, Vermont, that when I landed, I was going to quit drinking. But what I didn't know is when we were gone, my wife at the time, her father had three heart attacks and was in the hospital. And he was also my boss. And he really needed me to step up in a major way when I got back. So that week from September 1st to September 8th, I had intention on tapering my drinking off and my sneak drinking, not quitting altogether, but I would drink, you know, uh, six tall boys and there were ice beers so the alcohol per volume was more, and also they were 
tall boys, meaning that they were 24 ounces. So it would be like 12 beers, but also would be the equivalent of something like 17 beers. And I would have them as fast as possible in the car, in my, like in my car, in the parking lot of the grocery store right next to my house. And, um, because of the pressure that I had felt, I wasn't being put under pressure. I just felt pressure of needing to step up because my boss needed me to, that I couldn't taper off that week. I said, you know, I'll do it next week. I can't do it. And it led me to my last drink on September 7th, uh, where I drank a lot and I forgot that I drank a lot. And, um, when I got back to my house, I made myself a sneak mixed drink and I forgot how much alcohol I put into it. And I was like incapacitated and, uh, was found by my then wife. And I'm saying that because I, when you're drinking alone, let alone when you're drinking, um, you know, in a car and being so reckless that you're then driving drunk that a lot of alcoholics do. And they tell the tale it is, it, you feel really lonely. Like, um, so the term miracle, sometimes people can look at it as it's dramatic, right? Like, Oh, is it a real, is it real miracle? And I can tell you that it absolutely felt like a miracle to me that, I do not have a desire to drink or drug. And the last time that I even had resentment being in a place where somebody was drinking and I couldn't is probably four and a half years ago was the last time that I had that. And I can go any place now. Um, but I think it was, it was maybe not the first meeting because I think it was a Monday when I got sober but I think it was that Friday, they had a Friday night speaker meeting where they would be two speakers. They would tell their story for about 20 minutes a piece. It was like a podium and there was something like 50 to 60 people in, in the audience. Um, and you'd get your coffee, you'd sit down and I forget what the story was, but the main point that was I was hit over the head was talk about a miracle and there were miracles. Um, and I firmly do believe that today because the miracle that any of us that were, uh, whether it was a drink or a drug, uh, that was a lot of our solution. And then it stopped working. And for me to have another solution to which now I call my higher power. Also, I call my, uh, my toolbox that is just full of uh, the principles and steps and also um, ways that, you know, uh, something as simple as making sure I carry around uh, a pocket of mints. So that way, if anything happens that I start romanticizing a drink or I feel like I don't fit in to a place, which now I'm fine with, but back in early sobriety, I would toss one of them in my mouth and know that I was okay. And it was like a comfort, comfort thing, like a security blanket. Um, those things were really important, you know, early on. 
have you have you guys and maybe we'll just keep going around in a circle unless dennis wants to cut in um james have you worked with somebody and tried to convince them that uh like they're a miracle and they're miracles in this program and like how has that worked if you have okay I'll, I'll take this one i'll cut oh it my I'm, kidding. I'm kidding go james no by all means <laughs> sorry Go on. <laughs> no, go, go, go. <laughs> it's you. Go ahead, Dennis. No, James. Oh I want to hear what James How has do you to say about this question. That there are miracles in the program. Do, like, do you give them examples of your life or out of the big book? Well, whenever I'm uh, working with someone new, you know, I, I take a page right out of the big book and, you know, I, I tell them all about me and um, I tell them what it was like, how I treated people, how I treated myself, what I tried to do to stop. And um, ultimately, I, I get to the point where, you know, I, I had the, the spiritual experience and, um, you know, because of this experience, I was able to work the program. Now, the program, I also let them know that you know, sometimes, you know, you, you won't get a spiritual experience right away. You'll get the, ex- the spiritual experience by doing the steps. For me, it was a little different. And I was like, and I tell them that these steps are designed to give you a spiritual experience or a spiritual awakening, if you will, if, as long as you do it thoroughly and fully and you keep doing it. And, um, you know, a lot of times when I, I, I speak about my life and what I was like, um, sometimes people are just quiet. Sometimes they're like, that doesn't seem like something you would do. And I was like, yeah, well, I did it. And um, explaining to people that they are a miracle, it's something that, you know, I can do. Um, I, I really don't do it early on because quite frankly I want them to get through the steps um, before I say anything that's been my experience I, I do let them know that you know it's God's grace that they're here in this program maybe I can start telling them they're a miracle you are the miracle kid nice thanks James Dennis mm-hmm. <laughs> uh have I have I reached that point of annoyance, Mike? Uh, that you're just like done with me? <laughs> okay, that I'm gonna cha- I'm gonna turn that around, and it'll be a miracle. No, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just like uh huh. <laughs> oh man, okay. Uh, like early, like I don't know. I've never had anyone that I've worked with that like question the miracle in a way you know never brought it up like typically whenever I'm working with someone I'm not trying to convince them of anything right like that's not my goal I'm not trying to make them a believer I'm not trying to make them even do the work really you know I'm presenting my experience with it and my experience with all of you know like my past and doing the steps and stuff like that and showing them how it gets done. 
And if they have questions, then we'll discuss it. And like, you know, I usually dig in to try to like see where they're coming from, what their actual like thoughts are, not trying to implant my thoughts on it. And then I'll explain like how I accept it and how I think of it and stuff like that. And it's more of a a back and forth discussion rather than like convincing them that miracles are real or whatever. But one, one thing that I think is pertinent to this is, is like the other day or the other week or whatever, I was having a conversation with a good friend of ours and it was just one-on-one. And I was telling him about like, my spiritual experience in a little more detail than I usually share with people. Cause I usually don't share like the details of my spiritual experience with a lot of people at all. It's like kind of personal, but um, I was talking to him about it or whatever. And he came back and he's like, wow, I've never, I've never had that experience. And then I, you know, I reinforced it with, you know, like, we, we have the experience that we need, right? So like, if you don't need to have this type of experience, like a burning bush experience or something like that, then you're not going to have one, you know? And you kind of, you know, kind of thank God, you know, it's like the old phrase, like those who believe without seeing are blessed kind of thing. And, and it's true. It's like, you know, you talk to, we've talked to like, hundreds and hundreds of people in our time in the rooms and everyone's spiritual experience or like their version of the miracle is slightly different and it's what worked for them you know they had the experience that they needed to have the obsession lift and to you know change their old ways and amend their misdeeds and stuff like that and so just because like you know, say you're in three years and you're hearing someone talking about this magnificent experience that they had or whatever, and you don't think you've had one because it's not that dramatic or grandiose or whatever, it's different. It doesn't mean mm. that you haven't had one, you know, it's at some point there is, there is something that changed and sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's just a, change of a habit or a change of thought or, or you had this aha moment that like things changed and then sometimes lightning strikes you well from sent. the sky nice well sent. you know that's nice dennis <laughs> is it i'm sorry mike I, I'm, i'll try not to be all. so annoying man what a guy right <laughs> what a guy that's what a that, guy. you bring up a good point you know, in the spiritual experience, um, it is tied to miracle. I, I think more than anything else, you know, don't quit before the miracle happens, but everything's all relative. You know, if you look, you know, I, I don't compare uh, myself to other people. I learned in AA to, uh, first of all, to put the bat down and I compare myself today to how I was before. And I know that even though it's progress, not perfection, it doesn't mean that I'm always going to progress in a, in a way that I want to. It doesn't mean that the miracle is not actually at work. It just means that I have to continue to strive uh, to be better. I can't give up. You know, if I give up and take for granted what I have today, I will not have it tomorrow. 
And, um, you know, I remind myself of that. I, I tried many a time to uh, convince sponsees in the past of how important they are and that they're, they're miracles. Some um, continue to work the program and, and it worked for them. Uh, others I have lost touch with. Um, it's, it's a tough thing. You know, I think being a, a sponsor, there's a lot of sponsors who, if it doesn't work, they don't want to be seen as, uh, as failing at it. So then they get rid of the sponsee and say, if you don't listen to me, then this isn't going to work. And cause they almost want their track record to be flawless, you know, and I'm grateful. My first sponsor, uh, told me what his record was, you know, uh, and he said, there are so many more people that unfortunately he was not able to keep them sober and he didn't drink over that, you know, and if they're not yeah. going to realize that they're miracles, there's nothing that he can do about it. You know, um, no matter what stories he might have that he heard in the rooms or experiences that he actually had himself, the, the if they're supposed to stay uh, sober at that point, then his God will have the story that needs to be told, be told. And if the, their, the last drunk is not actually had, then maybe it's not time, you know, but to, to kind of know that you just do the best you can and, you know, and see, and see what happens. Is there anything else as far as, uh, you know, don't quit before the miracle happens or I guess like keep coming back is also, they're like, uh, kind of like synonym slogans that mean the same thing, you know, would you agree? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I I do believe in my heart that you know anyone who makes it to AA and is an alcoholic like you know that is truly a miracle. Um, because w when they get here, at least they can start, you know, absorbing some of the wholesomeness and some of the the healing that that needs to be done in order to get well. I mean, the fact is, most of society today is so filled with ego and their own personal self that you know i think the whole world could use a little bit of aa in their lives just because it's so wholesome and the way people live after they've they've mastered this program which can never be mastered by the way the only thing you can do is be a little less selfish and think a little more about other people so yeah we're all miracles this program's a miracle this is a house of miracles. I agree. Dennis, will you close it up? Dennis. Uh, Who's that? Thanks, Dennis. God, I don't know. I was trying to think of something yeah, funny laughing. to say, and I couldn't. So I just sounded begrudgingly. Don't quit yeah. your day job. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well. Right. Uh, I don't know. I think I think miracles happen in our lives all the time. And, you know, we I used to think miracles were, you know, magic things that couldn't be explained by science, blah, blah, blah. 
And then coming in the rooms and seeing the way people change the way they're living and overcome obstacles and like go through tragedies and, and hardships with dignity and, and grace is that's a miracle to me. You know, the fact that like the friends that I have around me that care about me and the, and the relative functionality that I'm am able to maintain right now with what I'm going through. That's a, those are miracles to me. You know what I'm saying? From the deepest, darkest depths of like hell to be able to like make your way back to earth and experience a little bit of heaven on earth is an absolute miracle. You know? And it's, I guess that's all about perspective. But, that's nice. Dennis. Yeah. That's Not all I got. Good point yet. You know, nice job. I know. Well, I'll try harder. Yep. Yeah, you, we you're the comedic chops around what I, what I said was funny because Dennis doesn't have a day job. <laughs> okay. no, I'm going to cry again. He's a dozen. We'll be back next Thursday <laughs> sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 77. <laughs> That's lucky. Look at that. 77. Wow. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Oh my god. Wait till we're at seven hundred and seventy seven. Yeah. We we hit the jackpot. (laughs) Don't say that. How how long is it gonna take for us to get to seven hundred and seventy seven? Don't quit before the miracle happens. Well we do fifty two fifty two a year, so extrapolate that out. I'm not doing the math. Sixteen years. Extrapolate. So hopefully all three of us are still well and Maybe. healthy and alive. And well, next week, 77. We're the defective characters entirely right and have all these character defects removed. Remember, you are a miracle. Don't and poke. don't quit. Don't do it, James. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't poke the bear. Don't poke we'll the bear. Oh, Lord.